0: Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I hope everyone found something to be thankful for and are looking forward to the new year and happy holidays, so we hope ahead. 2020 has been a difficult year for lots of us, so I'm hoping that these holidays or, you know, just the end of December give you the ability to be thankful and find a little joy in an otherwise tumultuous time. I don't know about you, but I am so ready for 2020 to be over. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from Cube, who found their late night YouTube binge session interrupted by an unknown creature squeal right outside their house. So two or three years ago during the summer, I had a really weird encounter with an animal or cryptid. I was on my laptop watching YouTube videos at like 1am, when the noise started. I was wearing headphones and didn't give it much attention. At first I assumed it was two cats because there had been a bunch of fights between the neighborhood cats during the last few weeks. But when I paused the video, I realized it sounded very different like a mix of a screaming fox and a squealing pig. It was all very high-pitched. I didn't get up right away because I was a little freaked out and was hoping it would just stop. But several minutes passed and it went on and on. It was ear-piercingly loud and got worse as time went by. Okay, what the heck is that, I thought to myself. I went out onto the balcony of our house and looked down to where the noise was coming from. It was there that I saw... an animal? I think it was trying to push over our trash can and got frustrated. From above, it had a bean or peanut-shaped body and didn't appear to have a tail, ears, or even a snout. Its head wasn't distinctive from its body. It was just... a peanut. A peanut. It was a brownish color, but I couldn't tell for sure since it was illuminated by the orange streetlights on the other side of the road. Two stripes ran down the length of its body, not unlike the markings of a baby wild boar. But honestly, it didn't even look like it had fur. It seemed very smooth. It was about the size of a French bulldog. It also looked like it didn't have paws or hooves, just legs. Its legs just kind of ended. I couldn't make out its face because it was too dark. And like the idiot I am, I instinctively said, shh, because that's what I do when my dogs are being noisy. It immediately stopped squeaking and looked up at me, then turned and started stiffly hopping away on weirdly thin legs. It was running away, but not very fast. I grabbed a blanket and ran downstairs as quickly as I could my first thought being that it was a lost animal and I needed to catch it. I unlocked the door and ran out into the street in my pajamas and bare feet. I ran around the corner since it headed into that direction, expecting to see it a few meters away. Again, it didn't move very fast, but it was completely gone. There was no way for it to have gone into a neighbor's garden because of the wooden fence. The rest of the street was completely empty as well and also was lit up by streetlights. I walked up and down my street without seeing or hearing it, so I gave up and went back inside. My parents had woken up from me going down the stairs and were obviously confused. When I told them about what happened, they said they didn't hear a thing. They're both light sleepers, so I couldn't believe that they hadn't actually heard the incredibly loud noise it had been making for the past 10 minutes Right outside of our house. We have really thin walls, so much so that I can hear someone having a conversation downstairs when I'm upstairs in my room. Trust me, it sucks. So, for them not to hear that thing but hear me running down the stairs was weird. My little sister said she didn't hear anything either, and she's also a very light sleeper. The same thing with my neighbors. I live in a small town in Austria, by the way. Running into the street in the middle of the night wasn't dangerous. After 11pm, there are literally no cars on the road anymore. We do live quite close to a bunch of fields, but the only animals that live in our area are hedgehogs, ferrets, weasels, mice, rats, and bunnies. Birds, frogs, and snakes, of course, too. And we also have a few farms close to us. But the only animals they have are cows, goats, and sheep. A co-worker of mine said it could have been a badger, but it looked very different and didn't sound like one. Not to mention that there aren't any badgers that live in the area. I was hoping it would return so I could find out what it was, but it never showed up again. Of course, it was dark and already pretty late, so I guess my eyes could have been playing tricks on me, even though I highly doubt it. to just say cube you are a lot braver than i am now i love animals but you will never catch me running into the street late at night to try and catch one that's a lie unless it's a dog or a cat probably um but you know that's what animal services is for and i certainly wouldn't be going out looking for one in texas we have possums and raccoons and there's just no need to go and look and see what's searching through your trash can you know what i threw it away they can have it Now, our next story comes from I'm Nothing But Stardust, whose own large family moved to an old house who already seemed to be occupied by a group of its own. When I was about nine, my family and I moved into a house in the Wye Valley on the border of England and Southern Wales. It was me, my sister, my dad, stepmom, three stepsisters, and one stepbrother, so a total of eight people in the house. I was the second oldest of the kids with my stepbrother a few years older than me and one of my stepsisters about eight months younger than me. My other two stepsisters, they were twins, were about four and my sister about three. There were also two dogs in the house at the time. The village is picturesque and old filled with beautiful houses with the newest build being about 50 years old. Most of the houses were older than 100 years. It was completely surrounded by thick forest and absolutely gorgeous. Looking back, I know it was a great place to grow up, but as a child and teenager, I found it quite boring with nothing to do but walk in the woods and fields. The closest town was about a 20 minute drive away where I attended school and where all my friends lived. The house itself was huge. My dad and stepmom still live there today, although I'm sure it feels quite empty now, as all of us kids have finally moved out with my sister, the youngest, starting university last year. Honestly, I don't know how my parents could afford that house. They both worked very hard and took their time doing up the house, Facing the work that needed doing so they could afford to do it right. We always had money troubles growing up, but mostly we were a happy family. It helped that we all had our own rooms to retreat to when we needed to escape the noise. The house was four stories, including the basement. It was built on an incline, so the basement was actually only about half fully underground and had doors and windows at garden level. The house was very old. The basement was from the Georgian era, so about 300-ish years old, and was the first part of the house to be built. The other floors of the house were built on top of this, and I'm not 100% sure how old they are, but I know that the house was finished about 200 years ago. When we first moved in, the top floors of the house weren't even livable. They had to be redone, and so for the first few months, it was a flurry of builders and plasterers in the house. The house was previously owned by an old couple that for many years had lived exclusively on the ground floor of the house, so as you can imagine, it was quite a task to get it up to a safe standard for small children to be around. After a year living in the house, it had finally reached a level where most rooms were done and fully painted. I remember that my dad and stepmom slept in the living room for a few months, maybe longer, and even when they had moved into their proper bedroom, they left it until last before properly decorating it. It's still a beautiful house. My parents had chosen to leave a lot of the old and original features and tried wherever they could to decorate in keeping with the age and period in which the house was built. I have many happy memories of family meals around our long kitchen table. Christmas gathered in the living room, opening presents around a fire. It was a good place to grow up. It really was. Because they wanted to leave the original features in wherever they could, a lot of the walls and floors were left unchanged. I tell you this so you understand that if you are in a room above or below, you can hear snippets of muffled conversation or music. The floorboards on all floors were wobbly and loud. On the second and third floor, you could hear and feel them shifting under the carpet. They were never dangerous, just loose. Okay, I think that's everything. Now, let me tell you about the others. I believe there were five of them. The woman, the man, the loud one, the cat, and the watcher. The man and the loud one, maybe one and the same, but... I don't feel like they are. My first experience was with the woman. It was probably about a year after we had moved in. I was in a room that was then my dad's office, just messing about playing games on his computer, you know, just doing standard 10-year-old kid stuff. His desk was set up in such a way that when sitting at it, you were facing the doorway, with the hallway and stairs to the first floor being visible. They hadn't fit a door yet so it was just an empty doorway with no obstructions blocking the view. Looking at the computer screen out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone walk past. I looked up in time to see a big back bustle of a dress. It was white or grey and had a very definitive shape to it. Picture a Victorian style dress that sticks out in the back and trails behind as you walk. I didn't see her, just her dress. She wasn't moving particularly quickly and it gave me about a second to take in what I was looking at. I was confused at first. I called out to see who was there and got no answer. Then I got up, but there was no one in the hallway. I saw her once more in exactly the same circumstance a few months later. Now the ground floor hallway was and still is all bare floorboards. Loose ones that always make noise if you walk over them. Both times I saw her, there was no noise. I would have heard if someone had walked past the doorway. There was no way I wouldn't have. Next we have the man. He's been seen by most of my family. Myself and three others I know for sure have seen him. Out of the whole family, it's only myself and my dad that are open believers in ghosts and spirits. The others range from mildly skeptical to true unbelievers. My stepmother is a sensible, rational woman and a skeptic. What she told my dad matches with what we saw exactly and she can't explain it. The kitchen has two entrances, one on either end of the large room, one coming from the hallway and one leading to the steps down to the basement. It is this doorway where the man is seen The end of the kitchen with the basement entrance is the same end that has a sink and the kitchen island. Working at the island, the doorway is to your left and at the sink the doorway is on your right. I've been standing at both when I experienced the man. I'd be working on food or washing dishes and then feel someone walk past and go down the steps to the basement. There's no movement of air, just a feeling that someone has walked past you like when someone is in your personal space and you get that shiver down your spine. I'd look up and see a vague shape of a person turning the corner and going down into the basement. My own experience was that the figure was of a cloudy white color. I could never make out clothes like with the woman, but I did get a male vibe from it. I never felt scared, just unsettled when I saw him. Again, as with the woman, there was no noise, The kitchen has flagstone floors, so footfalls are not quite as distinctive as they would be in the hall, but a slight noise is still made when you walk on stone, but I've never heard anything. The loud one was different. I'd never physically seen the loud one, but I've heard them plenty. Mostly walking on the floorboards at a relatively fast pace, so it was quite distinctive. Whenever I went to investigate the noise, there was never anyone there. Quite often, when I was alone in the house, I heard them in the middle of the day. Once myself and my oldest stepsister were alone in the house. I think we must have been about 13 or 14, and we were in the basement watching some TV, and we honestly thought someone had broken into the house, as we could hear someone walking in the hallway above us. Being young, we were both quite scared, but the footsteps just stopped after about five minutes. And when we both went up together to look, there was nothing and the front door was closed. This was all in the middle of the day. When I was older and dog sitting with my boyfriend, we both heard the sound of footsteps pacing the bare floorboards above us. He said he'd also heard it when he was in the house alone. One time in the basement bathroom, I heard the heavy clunk of the basement door open and close and footsteps walking through the basement. I called out to let them know someone was in the bathroom, as there's just a heavy curtain covering the doorway with no door, but I never got a reply. I didn't hear anyone walk up the basement steps, but when I left the bathroom, I found no one in the basement. That encounter freaked me out. I know I had definitely heard the sound of the door open and close and footsteps and there was absolutely no one in the basement. It is because of the amount of noise made by the loud one that I believe it is a separate entity from the others. As in every encounter I have had with both the man and the woman, they have been silent. It's also worth mentioning that there is a small river running through the property. I know that some people believe running water can lend strength to spirits also the physical stone masonry that makes up the walls of the property is still intact, and several items had been found in the garden during the renovations which had been brought into the house. Some china pottery, old metal nails, and even an intact clay pipe with a picture on the side. I don't know if any of this contributes to the events and hauntings, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Now, the cat is exactly what it seems, a ghost cat but only its back half is ever seen, a black and white tail curling around a chair or under the kitchen table. I know my dad has seen the cat, but as far as I know, we are the only two that have seen it. At first, I believed it was one of the dogs as one of them was black and white, but whenever you would check under the table or behind the chair, you would find that it had disappeared. We'd then find out that the dogs weren't even in the room. It was my dad that first pointed out the fact that the tail we were seeing was much more like a cat than a dog. It would curl the way a cat does rather than staying straight like a dog. All of these entities, with perhaps the exception of the loud one, I believe to be residual. The fact that they were always and only seen and sensed in the same place moving in the same direction, I feel lends to this theory. Each one of these seemed to visit the house less regularly once the house was getting fixed up and into better shape, like they were happy their old home was loved and lived in again. This cannot be said for the Watcher. I don't know if anyone else had experience with this being. It was by far the most frequent experience I felt in the house and the most negative. It was always at night, always in my room. I do not experience nor have I ever experienced sleep paralysis. I was always awake and aware when it would happen. It would start when I would switch the light off to go to bed. I'd know immediately if it was going to be one of those nights. The light would go off and I would immediately get a very uneasy feeling, like being watched. I know that it is a common feeling for sleep paralysis, but I was never anywhere near sleep when this would happen now with the watched feeling then would come the breathing it would always be quiet so quiet that i would hold my breath to make sure it wasn't just my own breathing i was hearing there was always a second breathing sound i would strain my eyes looking around the room trying to find a figure or something but could never make anything out just the sound of breathing and the horrible feeling of something staring at me It would always ease after about half an hour, and I would be able to eventually fall asleep. I've lost count of how many times this happened to me over the years. Even after the others seemed to have left, I would still get visits from the watcher. Eventually, I kind of got used to it, but I would still be a little freaked out. This happened at least once a month from the time I moved into that bedroom until I moved out when I was 18. Looking back, I don't know what it was, I just know I wasn't alone. There have been several other small things I've had happen to me over the years. Things not being where I left them, the feeling of being watched when in the basement, and even something weird in a photo I took once. Unfortunately the image has since been lost. Strange coincidences have happened at that house as well. The name we chose for one of our dogs turned out to be the name of the son of the man who originally built the house. Small things that you could laugh off, but when looking at the big picture, seems strange. Since moving out of the house 8 years ago, I've had other experiences unrelated to the house. I don't know if I'm just a little more sensitive than most people, and being an open-minded person probably helps. I always believed there was more to life than just what is in front of our eyes and growing up in that house only solidified that view. These encounters I have had are not as scary as some you hear. They do not keep me up at night in fear, but they are very true. They are my experiences from growing up in an old house that I believe to be haunted. They have shaped me and my beliefs of what the world is and I am grateful for the time I shared my home with these shadows and echoes from the past. Except for the Watcher. He can stay a memory. Okay, so I got chills recording that. Very paranoid to be in my recording box reading something so freaky. So thank you so much for sharing. I'm nothing but Stardust. The house does sound incredible, aside from the other occupants of the house, and I'm in complete agreement with you about The Watcher. Let's keep that one a faint and long-distant memory. Our last story comes from Sunspot System, who warns us of the danger some childhood games can potentially get us in. Also, if there are any children listening to this episode, make sure you listen to your parents. In my house, we have a family rule not to mess with mirrors. Honestly, it's a ton of weird, elaborate rules about mirrors and reflective surfaces like windows, metal, etc. For example, we have a rule that mirrors can't face doors, doorways, windows. Although I seem to be the only person still abiding that rule, as when I started to move back in, my mother has moved a mirrored vanity directly parallel to a window. We also have rules about not doing mirror games, you know the kind. Bloody Mary, The Tunnel Game, etc. My mother was adamant that if we did it, we'd be in deep trouble. So this incident happened roughly 17 years ago when I was 10. It was one of the few sleepovers I had as a kid that had more than one kid coming over. This time, it was my scouting troop and we were doing all sorts of typical sleepover stuff. Truth or dare, never have I ever. We tried light as a feather, stiff as a board. We were just having fun. It was an interesting time and I wasn't used to this kind of stuff, but the fun was had and as the night grew on, somebody suggested playing Bloody Mary. Now, Mama didn't raise no biatch, so when it was brought up, even though I knew the house rules, I couldn't resist the chance at looking cool. So I gave in and we decided on the hall bathroom to play our game. Our hall bathroom had a long counter mirror that stretched from one end of the counter to the next. This mirror has since been shattered by a plumber who was trying to be a macho man and not wait for help. It was a pretty cool mirror and it matched the mirror at the end of the hall. So it was a bummer when it got broken. Since that incident, it had been replaced by two ornate oval mirrors. So we eagerly gathered in the hallway I should mention that my mother and grandparents had already retired to their rooms and my mother was on a sleep apnea machine, as was my grandfather. This meant that mom and grandparents wouldn't be able to hear us. I was the first in because I was trying to keep that cool, unspookable attitude. I knew my house was haunted. I knew some really heavy stuff was happening, but I couldn't help but try. So the usual happens, I go in, lock the door, turn off the lights. I say it three times, flip on the light, and look in the mirror. Nothing, not a single thing. Honestly, I was pretty relieved, but now I had a situation where I could mess with the others. None of them know that I didn't see anything, so why don't I just spook them? I go about the bathroom like nothing had happened, right? I go to the bathroom, chill on the toilet, and think about how cool I'm gonna look and wait until the others get nervous. A bunch of them were calling for me, worried about me. I got up and washed my hands. Pleased with myself, I looked in the mirror. There was something crawling out of my shower. Not ring or grudge crawling. This wasn't some spooky woman on her hands and knees crawling out of the shower. It was something with the head and torso of a woman, attached to the body of a spider. I've had nightmares about her since. Her hair was long and black, but not stringy or wet. It was full-bodied and heavy, laying down her back and over the beginning of her spider torso. Her skin was a sickly gray-brown and her eyes were pitch black with the yellowest sclera. Her mouth was open in a snarl, and it looked like she had rows of sharp, thin teeth. Her spider half was black, fuzzy, and large, about the size of an average adult on its own. And she was crawling right towards me. I screamed. I've had the most shrill, awful scream since I was really little. Uh, the neighbors called my mom to make sure the family was okay type of scream. Panicked, I rushed to the door and I couldn't get it to unlock. I couldn't get the lock to move at all. I could hear it tapping towards me. It seemed to lumber with its huge frame. I kept crying and screaming, but the door wouldn't budge. Then the thing grabbed my freaking hand. I can still remember the cold, clammy feel of its hand and the way it made my blood run ice cold. That's when the door lock finally worked. I felt a huge wave of relief as I swung the door open and told the others to run. Of course, they didn't need to be convinced. Their friend was running and crying and screaming and they were just a bunch of kids. But we didn't get far before my mother yelled and we all froze. One of the kids had stayed back to see what the heck was going on. A more level-headed kid who thought I was BSing. When I blubbered out what I had seen, I was told by my mother who investigated and the kid who had hung back that there was nothing behind me when I ran. To this day, that's still the most actively frightening situation I've ever been in. Okay, well, that's fun thinking about a spider person coming at me. Um, That's arguably one of the most terrifying creatures I've heard described on this show, and we've covered a lot of terrifying things. And I wonder how many sleepovers you had after that little experience. I bet you had to wait a while. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positively spooky review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance was provided by Aaliyah Lopez audio engineering and music production was provided by Chez at Gray Multimedia until next time did you hear that?